The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who issues from the Father, he will be my witness. And you too will be witnesses, because you have been with me from the outset. I have told you all this so that your faith may not be shaken. They will expel you from the synagogues. And indeed, the hour is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is doing a holy duty for God. They will do these things because they have never known either the Father or myself. But I have told you all this so that when the time for it comes, you may remember that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. Making his way down to the Kidron Valley, to the garden, our Lord speaks more and more clearly, openly to his disciples. They are deeply agitated, they are afraid, they sense the impending evil. Already the Lord had spoken about them being scattered. The shepherd will be struck and the sheep will be scattered. He had spoken about the betrayal. He had spoken even to Peter, saying that Satan had got his wish to sift them like wheat. And he gives them some consolation as he speaks with them, some encouragement even though at the same time their minds are perhaps not all there, he's speaking of his departure, and of course that would have caused them much grief. But he consoles them by speaking of the Advocate. When the Advocate comes, whom I shall send you, to you from the Father. So he's the one who will send the Advocate. Yet he also speaks of the Father sending the Advocate as well. For the third person, the Spirit of Truth, who issues from the Father, this third person is being sent into the world. Not that he was not in the world, for the Blessed Trinity, of course, in, is always in the world, in fact, is everywhere. The Father is everywhere, the Son is everywhere, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. One God is everywhere. Yet. The manner in which the persons are present differs. The son, the second person, was sent, meaning that he had taken a new way of existing in the world. That is, he took flesh from the Virgin. And this is a new way in which God is present among us. The Holy Spirit likewise is sent and he is going to take a new way of existence in our world. He will do this in two ways, interiorly and exteriorly. Interiorly in as much as he would fill us with grace, at least those whom Christ has redeemed, those who have received baptism, he would fill them with grace and give them the seven gifts. He gives us the new knowledge, a new understanding, the ability 
to grasp the divine things. And then exteriorly, inasmuch as he would appear as tongues of fire, inasmuch as he would make the disciples and us also, of course, when we receive the sacrament of confirmation, witnesses, that is, having the courage even to lay down our life. So this is the manner in which he is sent among us. He will be my witness. What are the qualities of a witness? Well, the first is knowledge. We cannot testify to something we do not know, we've not seen or not heard. And the Holy Spirit certainly possesses knowledge. The other characteristic is that the witness is honest, that is, speaks the truth and does not deceive or attempt to deceive. And this, of course, applies to the Holy Spirit. The witness also has to have authority or power. That is, he has to be um, recognized as a, as a, um, a, a true, as someone who is trustworthy. And that applies also to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit then, who is the... Um, who is God, has infinite knowledge, the knowledge of the Father. And therefore, in that sense, he can testify to everything about Christ. He was the one who inspired the prophets, and he's the one who's going to animate the apostles. He is the one who filled, uh, who took possession of our Lord at the baptism. As God, he is honest and he will not deceive. In fact, our Lord calls him the Spirit of Truth, who issues from the Father. And of course, lastly, we must accept him as a valid witness for the simple reason that he is God. And so having established our, this Holy Spirit as a supreme witness, he now says to the apostles, and you too will be my witnesses. Why? Because you have been with me from the outset. And so the apostles who were there with our Lord from the very beginning, they can say, we heard, as St. John says, that which we have heard and seen and touched with our very hands, this is what we are proclaiming to you, so that you might have union with us. So, yes, the apostles then were there from the outset. They had the knowledge. They were honest, and they, they proclaimed confidently what they had seen. They were willing even to suffer for it. They men all of them laid down their life for what they had seen and then we have to accept them because they have been given the divine authority the holy spirit himself who possessing them gave them the courage and the authority to go out and to proclaim the truth and they did this also by the working of miracles so that the miracles they worked were proof of the truth of what they had said I've told you all of this so that your faith may not be shaken, because at the moment the disciples were fearful. Our Lord is speaking of his death. A little while you will not see me, a little while you will see me. I go away, I go to the Father, and all of these expressions. And so they were fearful that they would be left alone. But even so, the Lord, of course, is speaking beyond that, beyond his resurrection, resurrection because 
they would say, well, you preached among the Jews and they did not accept you. What chance do we have when you were the one who worked the miracles? And the Lord answers this. He says, they will expel you from the synagogues. And indeed, the hour is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's doing a holy duty for God, as indeed Saul did. And as Saul himself said, I, I was full of zeal, but without knowledge. And so in the rejection of the, of the Lord by his own people, by the Jews, it meant the Gentiles, we, were able to be grafted onto the true vine. And this, of course, is, would not have happened if the Jews had embraced our Lord, for the church would become merely a, a church of the synagogue. And the Gentiles would not be, from, from experience, would not have been grafted in. But now Christ, by his death, has made the two one. He's made us equal to them. So then, his, rejection, him, him, his being rejected by the Jews was necessary for our salvation and for the coming of the Holy Spirit because Christ was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, whereas the Holy Spirit is sent to the whole human race. And so he continues, these things they will do because they have never known either the Father or myself. And I've told you this, so the time is coming. And when it does come, you may remember that I told you. So even so, our Lord is prophesying. And the disciples, remembering what he said, would have that confidence that, yes, all that he said is true, and that he is indeed who he says he is, the only begotten Son of God. And it is this faith that Athanasius, whose feast we, celebrated, we celebrate today, proclaimed that the Son of God became man, entering our world to save sinners. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.